by Alta Hensley. The winner takes all. I had her, she was mine. They took her away. Lorope Morelli is the dream I've been chasing. My obsession isn't gone. My hunger's not satisfied. I won't rest until I find her and claim her again. I won't rest until I've dragged her safely back to Wonderland. Villains don't get the happily ever after written for them in this story. And I'm the villain of this story, vicious and calculating, terrifying in my whims, which is why when it comes to my queen of hearts, the game has just begun. Welcome to the Midnight Dynasty. The Warren Morelli and Constantine families have enough glad blood to fill an ocean and their brand new stories will be told by your favorite dangerous romance authors. That's Ace of Diamonds by Alta Hensley. Check it out now. It's live October 4th. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. I'm so excited. We have Lauren Smith with us this week. I think this is her second or third time on the podcast. I think you know, it's her third. I am not mad at it. She no, can I write know. books for us forever. <laughs> Every week, it can be Lauren Smith week. This is just going to be the Lauren Smith channel. The one that she's brought us this week is a contemporary romance. It's called Fit to be Stapled. And I'm so excited because I love, I've read her Regency romance books. They're awesome. I love like her contemporary ones too. Like, I mean, she writes hot sex, great heroes. Like she's got it all for me. So I'm excited to hear this. One. She does. She does have a little yeah. bit of everything. For she everyone. has a little bit of everything. Um, we're going to catch up a little bit before we talk about her. I actually have some lady listener emails. Oh, damn. That's been a I minute. Know. Been I know. I know. I was thinking that today, too. I was like, I'm going to print some of these out, and we're going to go through them because it has been a hot minute since we read some. And, you know, still got like 500 stacked up, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's entitled Resources for Talking with Kids About Healthy Sexuality That Can Include Porn. Yes, Men Are Trash and Please see exhibit A about my dumbass brother. That is the name of this email. That's the, that's the subject, <laughs> which I love. Oh, hey, lady DJs. <laughs> I've been listening lately to current episodes and to spin the dial while I try to get my steps in. Apparently, sitting on my ass on the couch reading romance does not count as heart-healthy exercise. I roll. <laughs> Listening, however, well, that is what's getting me out there most days. So thank you. On one of my Blast from the Past listens, I heard you read a letter I'd sent in about age gap romances. Aww. In it, I mentioned my brother's many engagement ring purchases. He his over-the-top, irate third fiance, and promised to let you know more. Guess I fucking forgot, LOL. <laughs> in a nutshell, my brother has bought four engagement rings over the years, but it was the third one that I mentioned in my email to you. So I came home one day in 2004 to a blinking answering machine. I had to juggle my seven-month-old in her car seat, all the crap I had in my arms to press play. When I did, I heard a very loud, very angry woman calling me. My husband, my parents, my grandparents, and my baby daughter, white trash, among other things. What? <laughs> this is amazing. I hope she saved it. She used up the entire tape on my machine. She looked up everyone's phone numbers and called all of my brother's relatives to tell us this. All of us. My brother had to call everyone and apologize. Turns out that while her behavior was indeed awful, he'd broken up with her while she was away on a work flight. I was wondering. I was like, what did she, he I know, do? right? What did he do? Yeah. Yeah. She was a flight attendant and asked if he could keep the, and, and he, he, she was a flight attendant and asked if he could keep the apartment and get the ring back. Deep sigh. He asked that. He asked if he could keep the apartment and get the ring he gave her. Deep sigh. So yes, men are trash. <laughs> That's not how that works. Here's the rules no, of engagement ring. Gift. If the woman calls off the engagement, she mm -hmm. gives it back. Yeah. If you call off the engagement, she gets to keep it. It's a Absolutely. gift. That, end of story. That's the answer. Oh, my gosh. Men are trash. Good Lord. I only recently stopped teasing him about this. LOL. I'm going to bring this up next time we talk. Evil laugh. <laughs> I heard you talking recently about talking with kids about he healthy sexuality 
practices, porn, and similar topics. My only kid is now 19 and in a university. We started the talk back in elementary school, and before then, we always made sure to use correct terms for all body parts, excuse me, and made sure we practiced bodily consent, no forced hugs, for example. When even we even had her practice shouting no in the backyard on the advice of child sexual assault doctor I used to work with. That's a really good idea. So by the time she was in middle school and getting ready for the crappy two dimensional health class, she already had some knowledge that most of her peers frankly did not. We busted the abstinence and virginity myth, how sexual pleasure is part of being a human. Basically we tried to touch on every single aspect of human development and lived experiences we could think of in age appropriate ways. When she was in high school, we tried to participate in the, our whole lives program Al, in our area. UU church. I don't know what that is, but it was too far to travel for us. So we got her the text that were going to be used that year. Our favorite hands down was the S it was like initials S-E-X. All you need to know sexuality guide to get you through your teens and twenties by Heather Corinna, C-O-R-I-N-N-A. This woman is awesome. Her book touches on everything from pleasure, consent, intimacy. It's not heteronormative and so much it's not heteronormative and so much more. Check her out, her online stuff as well. And she put, um, it's scarlet teen. That's one word.com. And so she listed that on here. I think that's really cool. There's some great resources. You said, have you found this useful? Fuck your day up. (laughs) She, her, I love that. She put that too. Thank you. I won't say your name just in case you want to keep it private, especially brother being trashed. (laughs) One of his fiancés is probably listening. Have you seen all those TikToks where moms and sisters are ratting out their sons when they're cheating? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'd fucking love that. I That's love it amazing. too. That's amazing. Fuck them. I want to. If my kids being a piece of shit, I'm going to say something. <laughs> I feel like it's say one thing if you're in an though. open relationship mm-hmm. and everybody's yeah. on the same page. It's another if you're sneaking around. Women stick together forever. <laughs> I love it. This one's entitled Husbands and Podcasts. Hey, y'all. I was dying listening to the stories from, this is March 1st, 2019. Oh, what a year that was. (laughs) Man, that's before, that's pre-pandemic, guys. (laughs) The world was a different place back then. I was listening to stories from March 1st about how the podcast has changed and some ladies' listeners, it has changed some ladies' listeners' sex lives. And I have an audiobook story to share. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to write that time down. (laughs) Till Lola can take that out. Okay. A few weekends ago, my soon-to-be husband and I were getting ready to head to his parents. But when we got in my car, my phone auto-synced to my radio right as the heroine was describing giving head to the hero in graphic detail. Of course, I panicked and rushed to pause it before he realized what was happening, but it was too late. He knows I read and review romance books for a living, but he's never actively read any of them. Surprisingly, he asked me to leave it on as we drove. And as the sex scene finished, he goes, you can turn it off now. I don't care about the other parts. (laughs) (laughs) I was mortified and giggled like a mad woman the entire time. But apparently he found it just as enticing and most most, just as enticing as most lady listeners, because later that night on our drive home, Let's just say things got dangerously physical while trying to operate a vehicle on back roads. And when he finally made it home, we had some of the best sex of our lives. He credits it to my audio porn and we couldn't stop grinning. <laughs> Loving the podcast and all you ladies do, I encourage everyone to accidentally leave their podcast on and see what their husbands do. That's not a bad idea, actually. That's kind of hot. I won't say who it is. Bye. That's what it says in the end. Bye. <laughs> But, you know, like, there are there are times where I'll listen to my audio book with my husband. Like, if he comes to bed or something and I'm in bed and I'm listening to it, I'll just keep it playing. And then after a while, he started asking me questions about, like, well, what's up? What's going on? And it's like, I can tell, like, he started listening, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's very rare that he walks in when I'm listening to a sex scene, though. And I know I listen to plenty of them. So. Yeah. 
I don't know what he would do. I don't think mom would say anything. I don't, I don't know. I'd like, I don't know if he would just be like, oh, that's really hot. Or if he would just be like, that's not real. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it could really go either way, honestly. <laughs> I don't think I'd play mine out loud, but I have hearing aids. So yeah, that's true. Everything do they goes play, straight do they play through your hearing aids? Yeah, I play, everything plays oh, straight through my hearing nice. aids. So it isn't, yeah, all sound goes to my hearing aids. I can even make my TVs go to my hearing aids. Shit, so you'll fancy. see the TVs are on, but they're going through my ears. Oh, is it like Bluetooth? Mm-hmm. Those are fancy hearing aids, man. They are fancy. I know. Ooh, they're I like bionic uh-huh. ears now. <laughs> you got those bionic ears. Oh, by the way, I love your glasses. Mention again where they came from. Oh, I have I direct buy. Oh my god. I, I feel like I ran an ad on my personal Facebook. Did you really? No, I feel like I did. Oh. Uh. Because because I posted up and Rob was like, Did somebody pay you to post that? No, and they're really cute glasses. I but love then them. I had a bunch of people message me about it. I even had to show somebody how to use them or how to fill in the prescription. It was called Yeah, I buy direct. Because oh, I've been okay. using the other eye glass place. What is you it? Zell? No, what is it? Not Zell. It's um, Zilu. Zilu. Is it it? Optinal or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. I've been using them for so long and I was like, I want to try something new. So I tried this place and mm-hmm. I love their glasses. I think yeah, I got they're these really for cute. like 25 bucks. That's awesome. They're like rainbow. But I yeah. posted up the picture mm-hmm. and that was, so let's talk about Facebook. I never post on Facebook. Yeah. Hardly ever. Mm-hmm. I post it. And then after I posted it, like 20 minutes later, I'm like, why did I post this? There's like 15 comments. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you never post stuff. But I did something so stupid. I don't know what, what was wrong with me. What did I, what got into me Saturday night? I decided to go into, I've been playing tennis. Okay. And I play, it's been hard to play because it's been really hot at night. So it just depends on the day. And I was like, I would like to find somebody else I could play with because my husband doesn't have the stamina, I Mm -hmm. think, to keep up with me sometimes. Yeah. And I want to play more than he does. So I was like, I'm going to ask in the Carney group Mm -hmm. if anybody wants to play tennis. No, you did not. And so I did. I was like, females only. Is anybody else looking to play? No hardcore. Just, you know, trying to hit it back and forth. Some exercise. And a bunch of people responded. And you know what I did? Just shut it down. I didn't respond. (laughs) No. Why would you do that? I'm not shocked you did this. Like, I I, I saw this coming 10 miles back. I saw this sign. Like, oh no, she's deleting this post. This is this is. I was like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get out there. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna talk to some people. And the people responded. I'm like, no. The narrator. Four minutes later, I'm gonna delete this post. (laughs) Well, well, first, here's the. I looked at a couple of them, Mm -hmm. and I live in Carney, and you know, I clicked on a few of the pages Mm -hmm. because you go their profile. I'm like, whoa, no, that's not gonna work. Yeah. So I should have known it's going to be hard to find. Or maybe that's my problem. I shouldn't be looking for like-minded people all the time. Yeah. I don't oh, know. No, do I, I don't know. There's there's a lot that I was I, I just couldn't put up with. <laughs> there's so much at this age where I don't know. I don't know where you find it. You should find a local tennis group. There's got to be someone that plays tennis and you're yeah. you know, around you that has like a group or something. I mean, part of me is like, maybe you should engage with these people. Another part, because my son, he mm-hmm. asked me to take him to the football game the other day. Mm-hmm. And I took him, I went to take him. And I was like, oh, whose house are we going to? And he's like, Max's. I was like, I haven't heard you talk about Max a lot. And he's like, yeah, we got in a fight. I was like, what? we got in a fight? And I guess, you know what Discord is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, apparently he runs the Discord of kind of like the middle school. All the kids come into his Discord and he has different groups and stuff like that. And he moderates them all. Okay. For the different games. And I think he said there somebody else had done it, but it got too chaotic. So mm-hmm. he's like somehow Peyton, Mr. Oh my I don't God. Know, is in charge of all the Discords and he will kick people out if you're being too disruptive mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. 
spamming the chats or whatever. Yeah. Or he'll put you on 24-hour bands. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I love what? it that he's got this power. But he actually uses it really smartly. Mm -hmm. Like, he's Mm -hmm. not, like, over. He's like, come on, guys. We're trying to talk. Mm -hmm. One time I even got in trouble because I came in the room. I was talking. I was cursing. He's like, get you. I'm like, all right. I thought he made the cutest face ever. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, I was like, what are you guys cutting the fight? He's like, yeah, I had... He's like, yeah, we fought for like two days. I kicked him out of Discord. And I was like, <laughs> And he said, well, sometimes people will invite their friends in to the mm-hmm. Discord. Like, he'll let them bring mm-hmm. their friend in, like a cousin or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the friend had, his friend had made, um, what would it be? Derogatory terms okay. towards gay people. Okay. Yeah. And he kicked him out of the group for like 48 hours. He put him on a ban. Yeah. And he said, but we made up. And I was like, oh, you guys made up. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, but I don't know if he's just not like he's truly believes what he did is wrong or he's just not doing that around me. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, so, but you're cool with being his friend and all that. And he was like, he's, and this is what he said to me. And this is kind of made me think he mm-hmm. was like, well, if I'm not his friend and everybody else is kind of this way. Who's really going to teach him that it's wrong to say these things? Fuck. Like that? Jesus Christ. Like, who's going to tell him? What kind of Jedi mind trick is this? He's like, well, who's going to tell him? I told him, I told him, I said, hey, I have a gay sister. That's not appropriate. Yeah. I don't like you speaking that way. You're not going to speak that way in here. You're not going to speak that way around me. And then he's like, so he said, I was sorry. And we're friends again. So, well, but good. I was like, I didn't think about it like that. He's like, well, if he's not going to listen, if if nobody else is saying it to him, at least I'm saying it to him. Yeah, so he for knows sure. Yeah. That some people don't think it's okay. I was like, Damn. no, that's really smart. Like, that's a really mature way to look at it. Man. So, like, maybe- he did something right as a parent when your kid tells you that, too, and kind of puts you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> here I am, I'm like clicking on that. I'm like anti-vaxxer. Nope, I'm out. I can't play with her. <laughs> and yet my tolerance for bullshit minimizes by the day. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Lauren a little bit before we run too long on our chit chat. Some of the books that I have just utterly gushed about, and I know this is going to come out afterwards, but make sure you keep an eye on Lauren Smith's Audible because at the moment they're all like 85% off. So I posted it up and read me romance headquarters. I was like, uh, nobody freaked the fuck out, but they're all on sale. But if you want good audiobooks and you want to just binge, do yourself a favor and go find Lauren Smith on Audible or wherever you go buy your audiobooks. She's got a ton of them. And what was the one where you said it was bound together? That was one of my favorite series she has is the Brothers well, the, of Action The audios Fire. aren't bound together. You can buy the oh, audios okay. and the singles, but the bundle is out for all four of the brothers. Of oh, the Dragon the Shifter Sister uh, okay. brothers. Mm-hmm. Ash of something? Yeah, it's Brothers, brothers of, of Ash and Fire. Fire. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you wanted to buy all four, you can get the bundle for $10, but individually it would cost you like 15 But it's a great series to read. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like I've talked about it before. Grigori was fantastic all of them are but the the first book in the series it'll get you right away like it it's awesome so that one it's obviously a dragon shifter so it's more like paranormal i guess but it's kind of contemporary because it's modern based but anyways um her regency series romances like you cannot go wrong with them she's got a league of rogue series that i loved Mm -hmm. fantastic um, she mentioned several books that she wanted. Well, she mentioned that we mentioned several books. Um, so let me pull those up. Um, if you want more contemporary romance, so if you listen to this book that you're about to listen to, Fit to be Stapled, if you want more contemporary romance books, then check out Tenting Prince Charming, um, where a billionaire falls in love with a single mother widow. 
For fans of fairy tale retellings in Disney, this is a must read. The hero actually takes the heroine and her daughter to Disney World and they spend the night in the Cinderella Castle, which is like the super exclusive, like real deal castle where you have to like, you know, book forever in advance or whatever. But um, so, yeah, it's in there. It's a steamy, emotional read. So make sure you check out that one. It has an audio. And I also wanted to mention, it's the second book in a series, but it can Mm -hmm. be read as a standalone. But the first book at the moment, Mm -hmm. I don't know if this will be the case when this airs, Legally Charming in that series, Ever After, is free. Ooh, I like free. So (laughs) you can go click on that. Okay. Um, and also she's got her upcoming release, The Wartime Matchmaker. This sounds so good. So it's a historical romance. It's two stories. She said in one huge fat book, <laughs> she said it's fiction, but it's based on the true story of two 25 year old women in World War II near London. Um, and it says who set up England's first official matchmaking agency. One of the girls falls for a rakish Royal Air Force pilot, and the other falls for a quiet, intense British commando. The first mm-hmm. book also revol- involves dozens of smaller love stories based on true stories from their clients of different couples having meet cutes in England during the war. She says it's one of the best books I've ever written, and it will make you ugly crap, but in the best way in a happily ever after. I noticed that on the oh. cover when I was messing with it, it had two like best friends on it. And I'm it like, my I'm like just on this, I'm knee deep in it. Like mm-hmm. that sounds, that sounds exactly like my jam just because it's got like the matchmaking element, the best friends, like the true story element. I'm done. I got to know. That sounds mm-hmm. so good. Um, Her first in her Regency romance series, Wicked Designs is free right now. So that's going to be free, I guess, during this week. Um, and she's just released a new version of this book, which is the Wicked Designs. Oh, this is the one that's the, I saw this posted. It's the illustrated edition and it has not suitable for work pictures in the illustrated edition. And it's like a giant coffee book, like a coffee table book, like one you would sit out. And I was like, I cannot imagine having this sitting out, but I love it. I love it. I love it. So, um, for her giveaway this week, she's doing, um, five lucky winners will receive signed copies of Tempting Prince Charming. So that was the Disney one we talked about earlier. Enter this week's giveaway for that. Let me read you the book bio. I like totally skipped over that part too. Fit to be stapled. He's the CEO and she's off limits. Spencer Howe can't let anyone know what's going on in his head, especially when he daydreams about bending his junior ad account manager over her desk and showing her her what her sass does to him. Kate Cross isn't just sassy, though. She's beautiful, brilliant, and perfect for the senior account manager position at his advertising firm. He knows he gets under her skin when he calls her his assistant. He does it to get a rise out of her, and she throws it right back at him. There's so much chemistry between them, but he knows it won't work. She can't stand him most of the time. If he doesn't get her to accept his company's promotion soon, he's afraid another company will take her away from him when she finishes her MBA. He'll do anything to show her that she's his in the office and out, even if that means breaking a desk or two to prove his point. This is a short story with a happily ever after intended to be enjoyed over a lunch break. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is so fantastic. Like I'm so excited about the book she's brought us. So excited about all the other stuff she's got coming up. So let's send them in. Let's do it. We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Fit to Be Stapled, written by Lauren Smith, narrated by Stella Hunter. Chapter one. If it wasn't for her boss, Kate Cross would have the ultimate job. In fact, she loved everything about it. The hours, the atmosphere, the pay. Except for Spencer Howe, the CEO of Howe Marketing. He was broody, bossy, and a total taskmaster who demanded perfection from everyone, but especially her. He wasn't some old grump who would fade into the background of her consciousness. Instead, He was 31 and so fine that when he wore his Tom Ford suits, which was every business day, 
Every woman in a 50-mile radius sat up straighter, and their panties got a little wetter. Kate had seen the reaction he got from women personally. The first day she had started her associate account manager position at the firm, Spencer had exited the elevator and strode past her in a dark blue suit so crisp it made her mouth water. The other three women working on the floor by the elevator all stared at him too. One woman leaned so far back in her seat that she and her chair toppled over. Spencer didn't even turn at the sound of the crash. He was obviously used to the effect he had on women, just like Clark Kent was so used to his superior strength that he never broke anyone's hand when he gave them a handshake. Spencer had his superpower under control. Kate never wanted to see him turn that intensity on her. She wasn't sure she could survive it. Soon, she wouldn't have to worry, though. She was almost finished with her master's in a business administration program. She'd be done in a month and would move on. Her current job at Howe Marketing had been arranged through her MBA program, and it was her hope that she would have been able to stay in the position and advance once her program was over. But even if she was offered the chance to stay, she couldn't. All because her boss treated her like an administrative assistant. There was nothing wrong with being an administrative assistant. They were amazing. Anyone who thought that being an administrative assistant was easy was fooling themselves. They had to be the master of the universe to get a million different jobs done. She had nothing but respect for the people who held such jobs. But Kate was working toward managing ad accounts and creating marketing plans for clients. That was her dream job. And if Spencer didn't see her in a position like that at Howe Marketing, she couldn't stay here. You headed home? Mary Ellen, Spencer's actual administrative assistant and a total godsend, asked Kate as she slung her purse over her shoulder. She and Kate had desks facing each other just outside Spencer's office to be within easy summoning distance. Normally, someone with Kate's position would have been in an office, but because she was learning the ropes of the job, Spencer had moved her to a desk near his office. Mary Ellen's presence had been invaluable in helping her learn the day-to-day -day things that Spencer didn't have time to teach since he spent most of his days in meetings. Yeah, I'll go home soon. I just need to wrap up a few things. Don't work too late, Mary Ellen said. The boss starts expecting it, and then you lose your Friday nights. You're too young to be working late. Thanks, Kate blushed. At 24, she had long since abandoned any thought of a social life. She'd always worked harder than other people her age. She'd finished college in three years and went straight for an MBA. Between work and classes three nights a week, she was too busy or too tired to go out and have fun like most people her age. Committing to a relationship was also impossible, at least until her classes were over. Good night, Kate called after Mary Ellen just before the elevator doors closed. She was alone. Well, not exactly. He was still working. She could feel his presence in the large office just 10 feet away. She could also hear his voice as he spoke on the phone. It was deep, slightly rough, like perfectly aged scotch. He laughed at something on the phone and the sound carried. Kate sighed. She hated him. And yet she didn't. There was an undeniable raw animal magnetism that emanated from him that made her feel a little punch drunk if she got too close. He put off pheromones in tidal waves. She'd better get moving before he knew she was still there. She collected her purse and turned her computer off. It was going to be an exciting month for the company, but also a busy one because Spencer's uncle, Richard, the founder and senior account manager of the company, would be retiring. Spencer had taken over as CEO six years ago when Richard had decided he wanted to step back and spend more time with his family. Now that he was ready to leave the company for full retirement, he was going to appoint a new senior account manager, and the office gossip was already spinning with possibilities. It shouldn't matter to her. She wasn't going to be around long enough to justify caring, but she did. Kate, Spencer's voice boomed from his office. Crap. Kate muttered. She should have left with Mary Ellen, because now he was going to drag her into some late-night project. Working late with Spencer wasn't bad, at least not in a way that some women would worry about. 
Everyone knew Spencer didn't fish off the company dock when it came to relationships. Hell, Kate was convinced he didn't even have anyone like that in his life. He was too busy working. It would certainly explain the crazy pent-up sexual frustration vibe he gave off. Like a man so tightly wound that if he finally slept with a woman, she wouldn't be able to walk right for a week. Yes, sir, she called back, but she didn't dare peek her head into his office. Maybe he would get distracted and forget he'd even called her name. She grabbed her purse and walked around the edge of her desk, but froze just as he opened his office door to stare at her. She casually leaned back on the edge of her desk, nonchalantly sliding her purse out of sight so he wouldn't notice she'd been trying to sneak off. Spencer strode toward her, his dark hair slightly messy in the way that only a man could pull off and the two top buttons of his crisp white dress shirt artfully undone. It exposed just a bit of dark hair on his chest. There was something sinful about those two buttons being undone, as if he'd dressed in a hurry after leaving a lover's bed. It would definitely explain the hair. It was just the right length for a woman to sink her hands into, to grip the strands while he kissed her. Not that Kate ever let herself think about that. Okay, that was a total lie. She thought about it, a lot. But she was only human, so she tried not to blame herself for her seriously sinful work sex fantasies. Kate, I'm glad you're still here. I have financial summaries and commentary to prep for the annual reports for Lockwood Industries, and I need copies made before my meeting. No. The words slipped out before she could stop herself. Had she just told Spencer freaking how no? He stopped inches from her, where she sat perched on her desk. No? he echoed. His eyes were brown, dark, and fathomless. Eyes that made a woman think of magic and danger. No, she repeated, this time more breathless and less firm. Don't wuss out, she screamed inside her head. What was the worst that could happen? She wasn't staying here when she had her MBA in hand. Her inner voice came back at her saying, You'll still need a good reference. Being a smartass or a rebel won't help with that. You don't have class tonight, Spencer said quietly, almost dangerously. And a sudden heat flooded her body at that dark tone of his. Oh, boy. She had a thing for commanding men, but only in bed. So why was his voice making her thighs clench and her panties drenched all at once? No, I don't, she agreed, just too softly, but... Damn, she couldn't help that breathless quality in her voice. Then it shouldn't be a problem to stay late today and assist me. That's your job. There was something primal in his eyes that caught and held her in place, like a pinned butterfly. But she still miraculously found her voice. I'm not your secretary, so stop treating me like one. And I'm not staying late tonight. She glared back up at him and something seemed to catch fire between them. His answer was a dark, smoldering look that she'd only ever imagined between the pages of her favorite books. His gaze actually burned, setting a sweet fire beneath her skin, and just like that, she went up in flames. She wasn't sure who moved first, only that a second later, Spencer Howe's mouth was on hers, and he was pinning her back against her desk with a growl, as if he owned her, with the most devastating kiss she'd ever had in her life. Kissing Kate was a mistake. Spencer knew it, but somewhere between her feisty no and I'm not your secretary, his logical brain left the room. He had been trying for several months to ignore how he felt about this woman, how she, unlike anyone else who worked at Howe, had tempted him to want to break his rule to not date within the office, it only made it worse that people would assume she was continuing to work there because she was sleeping with him. It was why he never dated within his office. Now he knew he could never keep that vow to himself. Kate tasted like pure heaven. She was sweet and her lips were soft and full. And all he could think about was kissing her for endless hours. Then fucking her and then kissing her all over again. I have to stop. The shrinking part of his rational mind warned him. It was just a kiss to punish her, to silence any further protest of working late, and she was fighting back, but not in the way he expected. 
She was digging her fingers into his hair, pulling at the strands as she fought to get closer to him. It sent zings of pure liquid heat through his blood and straight down to his groin. He really had to stop kissing her. If he didn't, he might ruin everything. His uncle was going to retire at the end of the month, and Kate was going to be named the new senior account manager. They were waiting to make the announcement until after Kate's MBA program was over. He had advised his uncle to wait to inform Kate, because he knew how much work an MBA took, and the last thing he wanted was to add unnecessary stress for her. He didn't want to overwhelm her with the pressure to perform, even more for the job she knew she'd have in the future with Howe. It might send her running into the arms of his competitors. He couldn't let that happen. Savoring her taste and the feel of her in his arms for one long moment more, he finally forced their mouths apart. She gazed up at him, her warm brown eyes dazed as though she had forgotten completely where she was. Perhaps even who she was. He felt the same. He never lost control, not anymore, not when it came to passion. He had too much on his mind to let sex and lust rule his thoughts. That shouldn't have happened, he whispered, his hand still holding her, still touching her. Some of the dreamy look in her eyes vanished. No, it shouldn't have, but I didn't mind. He cursed softly. It's no excuse. His face was warmer than he would have liked. It won't happen again. He cleared his throat and pried his hand from her body. A soft little sound escaped her lips that he thought might have been disappointment. I understand if you wish to speak to someone in human resources about this, he said carefully. Don't be silly. We're adults, and I don't feel like you pressured me or attacked me or did anything inappropriate. She told him this with such confidence he didn't feel like she was lying. He grunted, still not entirely convinced, however. He had crossed a line but he didn't know what else to do about it. It had never happened before. That was no excuse, damn it. Do you, do you still want me to stay and help? She asked after a long minute. Uh, no, I'll manage, you should go home. He needed to send her home and get her as far away from him as possible before he made any more mistakes but the last time you tried to make copies when Mary Ellen had the day off, you broke the machine with your bare hands. That was true. The damn thing had taken his original contract and proceeded to shred it. A few dozen pieces were all that had survived of the original paperwork when he'd forced the back of the machine open to find the paper jam. Naturally, he was more than a little angry, and the copier hadn't fared well when he was done. I'll stay, but I haven't eaten, so I'm ordering takeout. Do you want anything? She asked. As she spoke, she casually fixed her clothes, smoothing out the wrinkles and touching up her hair. Spencer missed the tousled look he'd created in just a mere moment of passion. He couldn't help but wonder how she would look if he fucked her on that desk. He had never done that before. The office had always been his sacred space. But right now, he wanted to swipe his hand across the desk and send everything scattering so he could bend her over it, hike her skirt up, and... Is Thai food okay with you? Kate's question cut into his thoughts. Ah, uh, yes, that's fine. Come into my office when you're ready. Then he did the smart thing. He turned around and left. Because imagining all the things he wanted to do to her on that desk was going to put him into serious trouble. Chapter two. Mongolian beef and fried rice? I thought you said you ordered Thai food. Spencer stepped into the conference room an hour later, his gaze carefully assessing the various takeout boxes with a skeptical brow arched. Kate rolled her eyes. That's for me. You can have the pod thai or anything else on the table. There are spring rolls and some other entree options in here. She nudged a bag that was closed to keep in the heat. Spencer removed his jacket, tossed it over the arm of the nearest chair. Then he unbuttoned the cuffs of his shirt and rolled up the sleeves, exposing his forearms. It was the most undressed she'd ever seen Spencer, and he was hot, insanely hot. Since when did she get a hot flash from seeing a man's bare forearms? 
The muscles rippled beneath his skin as he leaned over the table and collected one of the takeout boxes and a pair of chopsticks. She had to stop herself from gawking. The expensive watch he wore had a brown leather band and a dark blue face. It looked worn, as though he'd had it for a long time. She'd never noticed that before, since his sleeves almost always hid the watch. She wanted to ask him about it, but they weren't close enough for questions like that. It was funny. She'd worked here for six months and had been around him plenty of times, but never alone and never like this. And never after he had kissed her. God, that kiss was, well, it was dangerous, that's what it was. She had never been kissed like that. She knew he had kissed her to punish her, and it had worked. She was punished because she wanted more, and she couldn't have more of that, or him. If you have no objections, I'll take the pad thai and a couple of spring rolls, he said as he confiscated the food and settled himself down in a chair at the long table. When she finished collecting her own chopsticks and her own spring roll, he got up and pulled back the chair next to his and waited for her. It was gallant and unexpected, but she let him push her in. Then he took his seat. An awkward silence settled over them. What was one supposed to say to one's insanely hot, often grumpy boss? So you'll be finishing your MBA at the end of this month, he said after they had both taken a few bites of food. She nodded. I assume you've made plans for your future, he asked. Kate took a few bites and then spoke. I am hoping to land a few job interviews. Trouble Inc. has reached out to me via email already. Trouble Inc. At this, Spencer's eyes narrowed. Trouble Inc. wasn't exactly competition, but there was a definite competitive spirit between Spencer Howe and Maxwell Andrews, the CEO of Trouble Inc., they have an open senior marketing director position. I know I don't have that much experience, but my mentor for my MBA program told me to never be afraid to apply for jobs I would love to have, even if I think I'm underqualified for them. That is sound advice, Spencer agreed. More men take positions above their qualifications than women do, and that is something that should be corrected. I've done business with plenty of men who were not as educated or experienced in their fields as they should be. I've met many women who should be promoted from the positions they're currently in. It surprised her a little that Spencer would admit that, considering he treated her like an assistant all the time. Feeling a little emboldened by the conversation, she took a chance. So why do you treat me like your assistant? He set his chopsticks down. I have my reasons, none of which have to do with your qualifications, was all he said. You have your reasons? She didn't dare demand a follow-up explanation. I expect you will speak to Richard before you make any final job decisions. Your uncle? She said with surprise. You think I should? He finished off the pod tie before replying. Yes, you should. He may have an interest in your future. Huh. She certainly hadn't expected him to say that. Kate snuck more than a few glances at Spencer as she finished her dinner, he then stood and helped her with her chair as though she were in a fancy restaurant and not in a conference room. They headed into his office, where he gestured to two laptops on his desk. He had made a small command center for the two of them while she had been ordering their dinner. Pens, paper, and plenty of paperwork were laid out in organized stacks. That was something she'd noticed about Spencer. He was old school and liked to review everything on paper when he worked. This is my spare laptop. We need to prepare the files for the annual reports for Lockwood Industries. He handed her the laptop. Lockwood Industries was one of Howe's biggest clients. Spencer personally handled all of the work for them. Lockwood, a giant tech company, was still run by the family members who had founded it, the CEO was Emery Lockwood, a reclusive man who was rarely in the public eye. He'd recently gotten married, and the wedding had been announced as a private affair. Kate knew Emery's privacy had to be because of his past. He and his twin brother had been abducted as children and held hostage for three months before Emery had escaped. For two decades, no one knew what had happened to his twin. The newspapers had recently revealed that his twin was alive and well, the pair had been reunited after 25 years. Kate was fascinated by the story, and it piqued her interest to know that Emery was a client of Howe Marketing.
Do you know Mr. Lockwood? Personally, I mean? I do, Spencer replied. We go back several years. He's a good man. I've always wondered about him. I've rarely seen him in the news. He's gone through a lot. The man just wants to be left alone with his wife. Spencer's gaze was distant as he said that, and she couldn't help but wonder if he'd spoken to Emery about things that Emery didn't share with many other people. At his quiet pensiveness, Kate sensed she should let the subject drop. So where do you want me to start? I want you to work on the financial statement. I'll work on the commentary describing the company's business activities during the past year. He opened his own laptop and sat down at his desk. Do you want me to work in here? She asked after a moment. He had an expensive leather couch along one side of his office, and two chairs faced him from the opposite side of his cherry wood desk. Yes, if you don't mind. I want you close. He paused just long enough that their eyes locked. In case you have questions while you work. Right. She pulled back a chair and set her laptop down so it was back to back with his. They worked quietly for several long minutes, and Kate found herself lost in the work, her mind strangely at peace in a way she hadn't expected. She finished formatting the first few pages of the financial statement and looked up over the top of her laptop to see Spencer's eyes on her. His dark gaze burned intensely, reminding her of wood smoke and mahogany. What? She found herself asking, and then winced at how impertinent the question sounded when she hadn't meant it to be. You look so focused, he mused. I was just thinking that I thought I was the only one who lost myself in work that much. Kate smiled a little. Is that a compliment? Take it how you like, Spencer said, his lips twitching in a barely there smile. The expression, that ghost of a smile, was strangely enticing. It made her want to tease him until he laughed. What would that look like? She'd never seen him smile. A compliment then, Kate decided aloud. Then she turned her laptop toward him. Care to see how it's going? She asked. He accepted her laptop and moved his aside a little. Kate, wanting to see the screen as he did, got up from her chair and came around his desk. She rested one hand on the back of his chair and leaned slightly over his shoulder. The scent of his aftershave hit her in a soft wave that dazed her with yummy visions that she needed to bury, with the lid labeled dangerous office fantasies. This is good. I would recommend bolding the numbers on this section and setting off others by making strips of gray across every other line. Should I make those adjustments? She asked. It's a recommendation. Even though this is for an important client, I want you to feel you own your work for this assignment. It should be what you believe is your best work. My thoughts are recommendations only. She took the laptop back and then made his adjustments. As she did, she realized she could add a little more detail and flair to the layout and more changes that would improve the look. After staring at it for several long minutes, she nodded in satisfaction. Care to review my work now? I need a fresh pair of eyes for typos and grammar. He gave her his laptop, and this time he was the one who came over to stand behind her. He rested one hand on her chair as she had done his. She read the commentary and was torn between the company story he'd crafted and the heat of his body so close to her own. You've written a story, she said. Commentaries for these reports should tell the company's story. It tells investors what their money is doing, not just how it's performing in the markets. You want them to believe in what their money does. Financial statements are also a story. Kate wrinkled her nose. How? The numbers over a three-year period track Lockwood Industries' growth, and you can see here. He leaned forward, his hand moving from the back of her chair to her shoulder as he pointed with his other hand at the screen. The net sales are broken down by things like operating divisions, and the costs are separated into sections, as well as the categories and the research and development costs. The company is growing and expanding and improving products. She'd never thought of that, but as fascinating as the idea was, she was way more aware of the fact that Spencer's large palm rested familiarly on her shoulder, and it was not a bad thing. It was a good thing, too good of a thing. I'm jonesing for my boss. Oh, this is so not good. 
Despite half her mind warning her otherwise, she really wanted to do something stupid and reckless. She wasn't planning to stay here at Howe after her MBA, so maybe, maybe she could have a fling with Spencer. He wasn't the kind of guy to talk about his conquests. He was insanely private, so surely he could be quiet about her if they... Wait, was she actually considering this? Well, find any mistakes, he asked. Nope, she cleared her throat. Let me read the last page. She forced herself to focus and then smiled. You need a comma here. Right, I do, don't I? He agreed. Anything else? She made a few more suggestions on the sentences, and then he retrieved the laptop and resumed his seat. They worked another four hours, and by the time her eyes blurred from staring at the screen too long, she closed the laptop. I'm done. You? He asked. Yes, thank God. She murmured and then gasped when she realized it was after two o'clock in the morning. I should go home. If we're all done. Yes, the report will be ready today to send to the investors. Good job, Kate. Thank you for the hard work. Spencer stood, and after another moment, he cleared his throat. My driver is waiting for me downstairs. Let me give you a lift home to your apartment. I can just take a cab. No, please, I insist. It's very late, and it's my fault you're still here. Okay. She closed down the laptop and left his office to collect her things at her desk. When Spencer joined her, he had his long winter coat thrown over one arm. You did really well tonight. For a secretary? She couldn't resist teasing him about that. Yes, for a secretary and whatever else you are, he said with a playful smirk. And that was it. That was all her stupidly reckless body needed to ignore her head. She reached out and grabbed his shirt in her hands and pulled him toward her. He dropped his coat in reflex and his hands caught her hips, holding her as their mouths met in an explosive and unexpected kiss. She flicked her tongue against the seam of his lips and he parted them, opening to her. Then he deepened the kiss, moving one hand to cup the back of her head so she couldn't escape his mouth as he took command of the kiss. Their tongues tangled and she whimpered as he suddenly gripped her ass and lifted her up and into his arms. It felt intoxicating to be against him, to feel his body holding hers, mixed with the possessive, almost greedy way that he kissed her. She felt devoured by him. Kate wrapped her legs around his waist as he moved forward a few feet to set her on the edge of the desk. He broke their kiss as he looked down between their bodies, his breath hard and fast. It warmed her skin and she shivered in feminine awareness as she glanced down at their bodies too, wondering what he was seeing that fascinated him. God, I'm glad you didn't wear a pantsuit today. He reached between her legs and cupped her sex. Heat exploded where his palm made contact, and she whimpered with a desperate need for more. Kate rocked against him, pressing closer to his hand. She was thankful she had worn a tweed herringbone skirt and ankle boots. She alternated between suits and skirts, and today had been a lucky choice. Me too. She laughed against his throat as she placed a row of kisses along his neck up to his jawline. He was so beautiful, it hurt to look at him sometimes. You okay with this? He demanded in that gruff tone that she had once assumed was all business. But now she heard sexual desire beneath the gruffness. It's more than okay, she promised him. He swept an arm behind her back, knocking everything off her desk before he laid her flat on the surface. Her skin erupted in invisible flames at the realization that Spencer had just knocked everything off a desk so he could fuck her. It was every fantasy she tried to ignore for the last six months, and now, now it was happening for real. She parted her legs as he pushed her skirt up to her hips. He slid his hands up her inner thighs, his palms hot and hard against her skin, but he was gentle as he explored her. When he reached her panties, he traced the outline of them with his fingertips along her hip before he curled his fingers into the silky fabric and tore. The dainty elastic snapped as it broke against her skin. He tossed the scrap of fabric over his shoulder in such an uncaring way, like a wolf who wanted to devour Red Riding Hood and would eradicate anything in his way. 
His eyes were almost black as he stared down at her bare sex. She had never been turned on by lying on display for a lover, yet like this, with Spencer towering above her like a vengeful god of lust, she thought a few more seconds of that expression on his face might just make her come all on her own. Fuck, he groaned. Do you have any idea how much I've thought about doing this? That wild, insane part of her that seemed to come out of nowhere just to tease him was back. You've thought about this desk? It's very nice. Not the desk, he half snarled as he leaned over her. And then he was kissing her again. His lips were brutal as they demanded entry to her mouth. But the more she surrendered to him, the more he conquered her. A phrase kept repeating in her lust-fueled mind. Rip my clothes off and fuck me to death. That was what this felt like. This insane desire that seemed almost too strong to be real, to be survivable. He covered her mouth a little more gently this time, but still silencing her with his kiss. The man was far too talented at this. He threw himself into kissing like everything else he did, and it made Kate tremble in his arms at the thought of all that masculine focus and energy directed at her. Oh God, she moaned as he stroked her sex, his long, elegant fingers pushing into her, thrusting slowly as he built up her need like he was building a fire. Each touch was a fresh kindling to feed her flames. He let go of her mouth to nip and suck on her neck as he adjusted his body. A second later, he was pushing his cock deep into her. Other than the click of his belt buckle, she'd never even heard him unzip his trousers. She'd been so lost in the sensation he was creating that she wasn't able to think of anything else. She gasped and arched as he forced himself deep inside her in one rapid thrust. There was no part of her not filled by him. Their eyes met, and as he began to move, something shifted within her very soul, perhaps even deeper. It was as though the very atoms that made up her essence began to hum, the vibration so ancient, so full of a deeper understanding of the universe that it went beyond words. Her body recognized the feel of Spencer's as a match, like the atoms that made up her body and his had once belonged to the same distant dying star that had long since turned to dust and formed new worlds and new creatures like them. Kate, Spencer rasped her name as he moved above her, the desk rocking on its legs as the force of their bodies threatened to break it. There was a boyish wonderment behind the hardened masculinity of his eyes as he stared down at her. He pumped deep and deeper still until the rhythm of her breath and his became the same, their heartbeats drumming together in a pattern older than civilization. She reached up, one hand cupping his jaw as her body burst apart with pleasure beneath him. It was almost too much, the overwhelming glory of her climax rolling her eyes back in her head as she fought to remember to breathe. He called out her name, a plea, a triumph, a cry of joy, as he let go within her. And that was when the desk beneath them quaked ominously. The delicate spindle legs of the ornate antique desk broke, sending them both crashing to the ground. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. We hope you love the first installment of Fit to be Stapled. Um, make sure you enter this week's giveaway. She's picking five winners to get a signed paperback of Tempting Prince Charming. Also, check out her Wicked Designs. It's free right now. That's the first book in her Regency Romance series. And she's also got the illustrated version of Wicked Designs, too, that I talked about earlier. And grab her upcoming release, The Wartime Matchmaker, the historical romance where it's two friends in one book. And I am so pumped for that one, too. I'm going to pre-order. I also wanted to mention that Bought by the Cowboy is out today. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot we have a book out. So we have a book out today. Do you want me to do the book bio? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I totally forgot about it. Okay. Bought by the Cowboy, Bull Riding and Beer. That's all the big arena in town is known for, even though Tracy works herself ragged every night of the week to make it a popular rodeo stop. Too bad her dad owns the place and is in debt up to his eyeballs. What's his solution? Make Bronco an offer he can't refuse. Bronco isn't looking to buy an arena, especially one that's run down and 
falling in. But when the owner says the deal comes with Tracy, how can he refuse? Warning, grab your spurs and giddy up. Find out <laughs> if this cowboy can hang on for more than eight seconds and how fast he falls in love. Oh, I forgot I wrote that. No. It's embarrassing sometimes when we're hearing like the blurbs I wrote because they're just ridiculous. But Very adorable. Yeah, that's fun. Well, we actually meant to write this book and call it Trashy. But yeah, because Tracy. Around. I know. And then we got asked to do the, the Cowboy series with Hope Ford and Frankie Love. Because there's other different. books in this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's ours. I think there's like five others or maybe five total. There's, there's four there's others. One. Okay. So, yeah, I think there's five of us total. And um, so we're all like releasing around the same time. So that would yeah. be really fun. But, so yeah. you guys can pick that up right now. Go grab it. That's it. All right. I guess tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.